biggest thing that I'm excited for this week is the second chance at Corn Ferry Tour Q School. Just because of like the the changes I've made in life and, and changes I've made, you know, mentally with golf, how much more excited I am having had that experience from last year and knowing all the things I can do differently and apply it to this year. That That's really like what I'm most excited for. And obviously the golf stuff is there, but I'm almost more excited for the mental stuff that I can apply and, and uh, I'm so excited to get out there and play and, and compete. All right, I'm super pumped to have Marty Sanchez back on the pod. We're going to take this conversation. We're going to pick it up where we, where we left off last time. Um, so, Marty, dude, I'm super pumped to have you on. I know you just had a sick finish at the Astro Tour event, 13 under, T3. We'll talk about it more in depth, but, dude, I'm, I'm just stoked to have you on again. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be on again, too. We talked about doing it, and I'm, I'm pumped to be back on. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's just go, dude. We laid the lay, we, we kind of, like, laid out the podcast or where we want to go. But, dude, obviously the Astro Tour event just, just happened, and so it's freshest or the most fresh in your mind. So let's get into it, dude. So, I mean, negative 13, man. I can't make that many birdies in a month, dude. So just want to say <laughs> nice fucking finish, dude. That's just badass to see. Yeah, T3. It was fun to – it was my best finish of the summer so far, which has been great. Um, you know, I've been kind of a grind early on, and uh, for me to start, you know, starting to hit my peaks uh, right before Q School is awesome. Yeah. So, dude, take us into it, right? I mean, had you seen this golf course before? Or like, what was it like? You just felt good coming into the week as well? Yeah, I've been playing super or super well the last couple of weeks. Just been grinding a lot and focusing more on the process a little bit more rather than the outcome, which has been really, really helpful. Um, just making it easier for me to commit to shots. And, uh, you know, it, it's my coach always harps on making aggressive swings, whether I'm playing aggressive or conservative. And I feel like this is one of the better times I had done it since we started talking about it. And it's been it's been great. Um, but, yeah, I played uh, I played Sawilo uh, in an amateur tournament called the gobbler, like 2017 ish, 2016, maybe. Um, yeah, so I got to play it then. Uh, it's a lot different now, just considering like, you know, how much further I'm hitting the ball and, uh, you know, just how much better I've gotten. So the golf course, uh, was familiar, I would say, uh, but all the holes really kind of fit my eye really well. And which, you know, I made 18 birdies and an eagle this week. So, you know, Dude, definitely. <laughs> I looked at that card. I was like, holy crap. I mean, let's just talk about it. So 66, 69, 65, dude, you had an eagle. I mean, guys were, it seemed like there was some nice, some nice scores out there. There was like definitely birdies. Yeah, you had, but there was definitely a lot of birdie holes out there. There's also a couple holes uh, that could really bite you uh, quick. You know, uh, number six was a par five that they converted into a par four. Yeah. So it's playing like 530, but you could take a bunch off. Uh, you know, if you aimed a little bit further left of this bunker that was in the center of the fairway, uh, you could go from having like a seven or eight iron in to having a, a gap wedge in, which I had in the last day, which was fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you miss the, if you hit it right, it's a much more demanding second shot into the green. And if you hit it in that bunker, you're pretty much playing for four, like best case scenario. So uh, that hole number 10 is a really, really big hole. It's like, 600 and some odd yards and you're not hitting driver off the box um and then 14 another par five uh you're not hitting driver off the box it's a three shot hole just like 10 so the golf course takes par fives away from you so we really effectively had one that we can get to in two uh and then the other you you know we're essentially short par threes yeah so you're just stuffing it all day or what i mean how'd you get to yeah I, i putted great I putted really, really well the entire week. Uh, my lag putting was awesome. Um, and then I made a couple bombs, which is always fun. I've been working really, really hard on the putting, 
uh, just kind of in preparation for Q school. Cause I was always anticipating on getting UNM and I've played there so many times since I was a kid. So one of the things that is big out there is lag putting cause the greens are so big, tons of undulation, lots of slope. Um, so you have to be sharp on lag putting cause you, premium is hitting greens out there and trying to make it easy on yourself. Cause it's a, it's a real test of golf. Yeah. So dude, how did you like ramp up for this event? How did you, how are you like peaking at the right time? Like, how are you doing this, man? Like what, what's kind of like the back end? What are you doing outside of like things that I would see on Instagram? Uh, yeah. So a lot of it has just been, you know, just wa- lots of talking with, uh, um, JD, my swing coach, uh, just talking, not so much like the men, like the stuff I get into before I even hit the shot, right? Like my preparation for the shot. And we kind of switched up my routine a little bit. And that's made a massive difference. It just seems like everything's um, very clear. I'm not like second guessing myself over the ball, like whether or not I'm aiming here or aiming there. And it just allows me to make free swings. And that's been that's been massive because I feel like the majority of the summer I've been working on so much in the swing um, that I kind of would fall into the trap of playing golf swing and not golf. And if you're trying to play golf swing the whole entire time, it's just going to be such a grind and you know, you can get really discouraged based on how you hit it. And it's, it's a hole that a lot of people fall, fall or, you know, fall into. Yeah. And- can we dive deeper into that, dude? Cause like, I feel like a lot of people practice golf swing, you know, and I'm, I, I do that a lot. So like, how did you make that transition for you, you? You'd mentioned, uh, you're like your setup, right? Is that really what it was for you? I mean, are you taking less time over the ball or what, what exactly are you doing? Like, how are you getting to this? It's more everything that I'm doing. Like even before I even set up over the ball, it's, I'm taking being a little bit more deliberate and I don't mean I'm taking longer. I actually feel like I'm playing faster right now. Honestly, I just get my yardage, really analyze the lie. That's been a big thing that I've been working on deciding on whether or not, you know, if it's falls below my feet, I'm going to aim a little bit further left, how much further left, how much wind is affecting me, you know, all that type of stuff. So just kind of learning like what my tendencies are has kind of been what my central focus has been. Um, and just kind of working off of those really. And, uh, you know, obviously I've been really, really grinding on the putting um, just because that's something I felt like I've been doing well, but I haven't been, you know, seeing all the positives uh, in terms of making or missing. So I've just been kind of giving myself a little bit more leeway with that and practicing making putts, doing a couple of drills here and there. And, um, you know, JD's just been awesome in terms of uh, helping me with the putting and the mental stuff, because it's, it's just been a long process that's starting to click at the click at the right time. Dude, that's, I'm glad and, I, I, yeah, you're coming on at this time, dude. I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, you know it's super I mean? fun. So yeah, your last no, episode, you talked about flow state, dude. I'm imagining, yeah. bro, 13 under, 18 birdies and eagle. I'm imagining you're in yeah. flow state. Can we talk about just like how good that felt? And then also just talk yeah. about that in general? Like, Yeah, so it, I mean, it's sort of a funny, funny thing. I actually felt like uh, the first day I... I got into it a little bit. I wouldn't say it was like anything, you know, to call home about, uh, you know, I just was being really, really smart and settling for, you know, just a lot of uphill looks, quality looks inside of 20 feet. And I made a couple bombs and, you know, that was kind of what carried me over to the 66, the 69. Um, I got off to a really good start. Uh, I think I birdied like four, I birdied four and five. And then I got a little bit ahead of myself, made a couple bogeys, and uh, I had to, then I made an eagle and then I had to hit a shot out of the water on number nine, because if not, I was going to have to go all the way back and re-tee. So um, after all that mess, I was, uh, I made the turn at one under and 
then I bogeyed my 11th hole. So I was back at even, and then there's a couple gettable holes coming in. And, uh, you know, I actually got into a flow state more for the 69 than I did for the 66 is kind of what I was alluding dude, that's to. That's crazy. Cause like you would just look at the scorecard and you'd assume like, all right, 66, dude, you were just really feeling it that day. But that's not necessarily the case in golf. I mean, as an outsider, you look at scorecards sometimes and you assume, okay, Marty must've just absolutely been just stuffing it, dude, driving for, you know what I mean? Like he, he had opportunities at Eagle all the time, but that's not necessarily the case. I, and I think that's an important thing to, to realize for like an average amateur player, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I made a couple, uh, really good par putts during, I, I was hitting it good. I just don't think I was making very good decisions, uh, during the second round. Um, I, you know, I might've started pressing a little bit early, uh, after I got the two birdies and got a little bit ahead of myself, like I said, and, uh, you know, on the back nine, I made a couple of good par putts and just kind of, that was like what the flow state was. And then I took advantage of, the the par five where you lay up and have a short wedge shot. And, uh, the other birdie I had was 17, which was a pretty hard hole, but I birdied it every day. Uh, and it was also, it was just kind of the perfect, perfect setup. I had a perfect number in for my second shot and hit a great shot to 15 feet. Um, and you know, made the putt. It was a little windy that second day. So like I said, the flow state was just kind of keeping me in it, making some good pars and then, you know, just being really patient. So it's, it's funny how it happens when you're like shooting 62 versus when you're shooting 69, you know, the flow state just kind of comes and comes and goes as it pleases. But I definitely was in it the last day on the back nine. I'm just stoked for you because I was watching along the the you know the Asher Instagram story and it was just yeah. like Marty Sanchez dude off top baby all yeah, three I know days was, you know what I mean I know it it was it was fun to do that and also that was the first time all summer that I put uh, three rounds in the 60s together which you know that was that was awesome and you know I play, I had a couple of good rounds and like uh, Texarkana I shot a 64 and then Waterloo I shot a 65 but you know those rounds weren't weren't the same as the 66 and the 65 just because you know it's hard to say that you left some out there but I almost felt like I left something out there like I I didn't quite get all of my round or or everything out of the round that I could have which I loved going into Q school as opposed to those 64 and the 65 I was like damn that was you know that was about as good as I could have played in those two days but so which round do you feel like you left some out there on 69 then or no I actually feel like I left a lot out the last day on 60 so you shot 65 dude so how low could it have been bro so i i mean i like realistically i made a couple good putts so i i hate to get into and play the what if game but uh i yeah i had a a three putt bogey on my seventh hole um and that was like i stood i stand by every single putt i hit on that hole it was just you know just poor execution i guess or poor judgment and then the very next hole uh is a par five and beat a drive had seven iron in and probably should have hit eight and i hit it in the you know up on the upslope of this bunker and not in the bunker but on the lip of it and didn't get it up and down and so i left you know i went from a you know a two putt that you know i potentially could have made you know as good as i've been putting so let's just call that one shot and then not birding the par five that's two right there and then if that's two you know we're talking we're talking you know tied for the lead so i mean it's hard to say because again, because on the back nine, I made some good pots and hit some really, really good shots in, um, you know, to make it easy on myself, but you know, it's, it's golf and I'm proud of where I'm proud of how I played and, and, uh, how it all ended up is just, you know, just a bonus. Yeah, for sure. Dude, it's a badass. So when you kind of zoom back and look at these last three days, just for like the average guy, right? 
who may have never even played in a tournament. Like, how do you kind of think through day one, day two, day three? Like in these, in these past three days, like for you specifically, yeah. like I want to just hear what it was like to be in Marty Sanchez's mind, you know? Yeah. So, well, I actually commuted from Tucson. Uh, it was just, I, it was just two hours of highway driving and we played super early and I didn't really mind it because it gave me the chance to like be awake for, you know, an extra two hours before an early tea time, which I think is really helpful. Um, you know, it helps you with the decision process. You're not groggy when you get to the rain. So you're, you know, you're already warm warmed up mentally essentially um so i kind of had like this kind of carefree mindset because i was up so early and i don't want to say i didn't have any expectations but i definitely was like really laid back about everything and it was also probably because i was playing well going into it that i just there was no panic whatsoever uh first day uh i'm always really patient in the first days because you know you can never win a tournament the first day but you can lose one so um I just kind of trotted along and took advantage of a couple holes that, you know, I had a bunch of wedges in the first day. So, and I, my wedge game feels strong. So I was just kind of leaning on that and giving myself a bunch of looks, staying patient. I hit a bunch of good putts that didn't fall early and just kind of was just trucking along, trucking along. And, and before long, you know, you're four under and then you're five under and, yeah. you know, Count it's it just, up. the day's already over. Yeah. 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 So, but, but you had mentioned you'd played this course right before. So, but but fundamentally your game has has changed. So you were like a junior back in the day. So like, did it just seem like a new golf course? I mean, you were probably in positions you've never really been in when you first played at that initial time. Or I don't necessarily remember. Like I remembered a couple holes. Uh, Ten was one of the holes I remember just because it's a long long par five and you're not hitting driver off the box. I remembered fourteen because it's kind of a memorable hole with like this creek that starts off on the right and then ends up all the way to the left side of the green. And uh, I remembered 17 because 17 is one of the tougher holes on the golf course. Um, but other than that, I mean, I just kind of, I didn't want to put too much stock into how I played back then because I played well in that tournament. Um, I just, you know, because so much has changed, you know, so it's, it was just more like, let's play a practice round, see what, see how we like it and, and go from there. But yeah, I definitely remembered how I liked it as an amateur and like it even more now as a pro for sure. Dude, yeah, you love uh, that course. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. yeah, I definitely do. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. I, I mean, it, it suits your eye, right? So you felt like super mm -hmm. confident going in. That's that's obviously yeah. like, helpful, right? I mean, that's why I'm stoked to see how yeah. you do at uh, you know, Q School Stage One because obviously yeah, you've beat that course up before in the past, and like you've played there a ton, yeah. right? So you're just super yeah, comfortable with it. It's an amazing golf course. It's uh, you could play it at pretty close to 7,800 yards all the way back at a uh, little over 5,000 feet elevation. And it's one of the few clubs at elevation where you or one of the few courses at elevation where you're going to hit every club in your bag. So um, I think that is like one of the things I like the most about that golf course is it's not just driver wedge, driver wedge, driver wedge. Um, you know, you really have to think your way around the golf course, which I think suits me really well. Um, greens are awesome out there. You know, like I said, they're massive, got tons of undulation. I'm, I'm just really excited to get back out there and kind of bring back a little nostalgia from playing bigger tournaments there as, as a kid and, and uh, now doing it at, you know, at Q school. So, but uh, that's yeah. pretty crazy to think like, you know, it's back in New Mexico out of course you played, like, I don't know, are yeah. you going to have buddies and friends coming up or like, you know, sh yeah, will, will maybe, anyone be maybe there a or? few. Yeah, maybe a few. Uh, probably gonna have uh, one of my uh, one of my best friends, Caddy, for me. Uh, we were college golf teammates, and he lives in Amarillo. 
and uh, he was going to come down, make the drive and, and caddy for me. And, uh, you know, obviously my mom and dad are there, so they'll probably come up and, and watch. But, uh, you know, I think part of the reason I was so excited to have it at UNM was just because I knew it was just going to be pretty relaxing. You know, I was going to be able to stay in Santa Fe and drive, drive up every day and, uh, you know, just kind of be back home, which I think is really, really nice for me because I haven't been home in a while either. Dude, so how are you going to use like the, like, you know, I mean, this Asher, Asher Tour experience, like how, how are you going to leverage that? I mean, in your mind, like you got to feel pretty good about going into this, right? I mean, it's got to be feel, it's got to feel amazing, right? Mm-hmm. No, it, it feels great. Um, I'm, you know, I try to, you know, take all the positives out of everything that happened in the, at Swilo and all the negatives in, that happened at Swilo and, and just take everything I can from that experience and then kind of forget about it. That's, that's always been really good for me. Uh, you know, I got a lot of confidence, obviously, but I also learned a little bit of some of the stuff that I was going to need to work on as I go into UNM. Uh, definitely want to get some work in out of some bunkers because there's a ton of bunkers out there yeah. and uh, long irons. And uh, I'm feeling pretty confident off the tee right now. So I, you know, obviously just going to make sure that stays sharp. But those are, I think, going to be my keys going into going into UNM. Yeah, for sure. Do you think like from a talent perspective, because Asher is pretty deep. I mean, some of these scores, right, you just look at are just stupid low, right? I mean, you played amazing. A bunch of guys just played super well. So when you think about the talent pool from like an Asher tour versus like a Q school stage one, what is that kind of like, you know, for someone who's never been to either? Yeah, you got to think that, you know, the top is obviously going to be very, very similar pretty much at every mini tour event. Uh, Q school, you know, will probably be a little bit deeper, but then again, there's also a lot of guys that are playing in, you know, Q school in the coming weeks, uh, whether it's at Southern dunes, I played it with another guy who's playing in Abilene, uh, and then obviously me in New Mexico. So everybody's kind of gearing up for, for first stage. And there's going to be a lot of the guys that were playing at Sawilo playing at another first stage somewhere across the country. Mm-hmm. So it'll look but, pretty uh, familiar. I mean, you know, all these guys, yeah, like you it'll play, look, yeah, the, the vast majority of them. Yeah. I'd say I'd know them. And, uh, you know, whether they're going to be at UNM or not, I, you know, I haven't really done too much research on, on where everybody's going, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, the vast majority, like I said, the vast majority of the people that are playing in Nash are playing in Q school somewhere. So, right. Yeah. Just a bunch of fucking solid players, dude. So, so what was that like? I mean, you had to go through and you had to qualify for stage one. So that's the other thing, right? Just kind of laying out the landscape of Q school for people. There's prequal stage one, stage two, and then it's final stage, final stage. right? At TPC yep. Sawgrass, which... Yeah, TPC Sawgrass. And then the other course there is uh, Sawgrass Country Club, which I've heard good things about too. So pretty pretty awesome sites this year in comparison. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's hard to say like Savannah, Georgia is a bad place to go to. But I mean, TPC Sawgrass, that's it's got so much history there Dude, that it's hard not to be excited about that. It's so epic to have like final stage at. There's going to be a lot of drama at there for sure. Yeah. 17, 18. 100%. Are you kidding me? Well, 16, 16 par too, five man. too. Six, yeah. Yeah. 16. There's going to be a lot of magic going on out there, which is going to be fun. There's going to, it's going to be probably one of the more exciting like Q school finishes in terms of like how dramatic the uh, last three holes are out there. There's going to be some heartbreakers and, you know, some, some epic stories. So That's super epic. So going back to stage or pre-qualifying dude, like, what was that like? I mean, can anyone kind of go or like, yeah, anybody can sign up. It's, uh, it's expensive, obviously. Yeah. So um, that keeps the shitty, that keeps the guys out who shouldn't be there. Right. I mean, like, yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. But I mean, I've always said that, you know, the people who are, 
not going to make it through. They're going to weed themselves out anyway, right? So, you know, if uh, if somebody's willing to throw that money out, good, more power to them. But uh, yeah, I did pre-qualifying at Sand Creek Station in Newton, Kansas, which is one of my all-time favorite golf courses. I played uh, junior college nationals there. And uh, that was a golf course that I was super familiar with and, and really loved. Uh, a really awesome test of golf too. I mean, you have to golf your ball out there, which you could see some of the higher scores that were shot there. I think two over, three over got through, ended up getting through. So yeah, I mean, it was definitely a good challenge. And um, you know, the 10th the out there is another difficult par five where you don't hit driver off the box. And they used to do this thing where if you birdie that hole, you get a t-shirt that said you conquered the monster or something. Yeah. It's an absolute beast of a hole. I made double on it the, the second day. So, but it, it, again, it was uh, Q school is just, it's an interesting tournament because it's one of the few of, well, pretty much the only event where everybody's okay with not winning and just moving on to the next site. Um, with that being said, I mean, there's just a lots of, lots of pressure situations and it really tests your mental, your patience, everything. It's a, it's a very, very Dude, stressful Dude, I can't imagine tournament. that. That to me seems like the most pressure packed like one of the most pressure packed situations of like you could put yourself in golf, right? Knowing like what's in front of you and like what you have to do. Yeah. And I mean, you, uh, you know, they, you don't necessarily know what the, uh, how many people are going to get through until after the uh, first round of the tournament. So you're playing your practice round, you're playing your first round and you have no clue if it's going to be 36 guys or 24 guys or like our side was 23. So what's it I mean, based on just, cumulative based score on size all the, no oh, it's I just see. all size it's all yeah. size so, so they take uh, like the top it just be a top percentile of everyone there yeah yeah i can't remember what the exact percentage they take is but i know uh my side had 23 the one in california and palm desert had like 36 yeah so it, it's just strictly based on size and then um i don't necessarily know how they work out whether you get your first choice for first stage or not but I was just super pumped that I got my first choice itself. Yeah. So. That's what I was going to ask. Cause I saw there's so many different yeah. locations. Like how, how do they determine that? I thought maybe you got to choose or you had input, but that's not necessarily the case, you right? Could, well, I mean, I guess you kind of have input. You have, you could pick which site is your first choice and um, then you pick a second, third, et cetera, et cetera. And it just goes on. Um, do and you then pick like one, a one B one C for. Yeah. Af kind of. Uh, oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you have like, um, they have like the list of like all 13 first stage sites and you would rank, rank them based on your preference. So I picked UNM first, uh, Southern Dunes, uh, just south of Phoenix second and Abilene country club as my third choice. Yeah. Well, dude, I just want to talk more about stage one. You know what I mean? Cause you just have to battle it stage by stage, right? You got to just focus on the task at hand. You can't look too far in front. So, I mean, you mentioned being super stoked about this. You're going to have your buddy on the bag, dude. Are you, who's your buddy? Are you going to trust him for like all your reads or is he just a hundred percent? A hundred percent. No, no, a hundred percent. He has a lot of input and we're super close. And, you know, he's probably one of the few people who can talk me out of something. Uh, <laughs> So I think that'll be super helpful and, and he's, he's a good player too. So he, you know, he'll be able to, uh, contribute to, to, uh, to the day. <laughs> yeah. Did you take someone but, at your Asher tour event or was that just all you? No, nah, it was just me. It was just okay. me, which I also like that too. And it's also good practice for me to like, you know, work on, you know, thinking my way around the golf course better, you know, just trying to look at everything and from an objective standpoint where I can get something out of it and, 
you know, so I try to make the best of every situation. Yeah, for sure, dude. All right. So stage one, you'd mentioned lag putting, you mentioned like kind of tightening up the wedges, but like, like how, what else is the long irons? Yeah. The long irons, excuse me. So like, how how else are you going to like, how else are you approaching? How are you thinking about it, man? Um, well, the other big thing I really got to, I didn't mention before was, uh, the elevation change. So I'm going to get out there early. Um, I'm going to leave, actually leave Phoenix on Sunday and get there, you know, a little over a week early and get some work in and kind of get adjusted with my numbers, get a feel for the golf course, see what the rough is like, because they can grow the rough out in a hurry out there. And it, it's nasty. It's really thick. And it's a good, again, it's a good test to, you know, where your tee ball is at. And, and if you're missing greens, you're going to be grinding really hard, chipping around them. Yeah. Is that pretty so, standard too? They just set the course up to be an absolute bear as well. Or is it pretty so, manageable? You know, like are, are scores stupid low, like you'd find in an Astro Tour event? Or is it more... It, it definitely varies on the site. Um, I don't anticipate scores being like incredibly low at UNM just because of how difficult it is. And, you know, like they had a college tournament out there a couple weeks ago, uh, William H. Tucker. And that event is you typically don't see very like extremely low scores. I know there's been guys who've won it at over par and then a couple under, and there's been even times where guys have gotten it to double digits, but it happens few and far between. Um, so I thought that was a good, a good, going to be good for me because again, I feel like I'm in a really good place with managing my game. So I think, you know, if I'm able to continue managing my game the way I am now, I'm going to be able to avoid making doubles, which is something you have to avoid at Q school. You definitely don't want to be making doubles because effectively you're losing a hole. Um, so that's, you know, just making sure I'm sharp off the tee. Uh, you hit a couple long irons into some par threes out there. So I want to be sharp with that. And, you know, obviously just making sure the lag putting is, is strong. Are you going to play it at 78, dude? Cause you said you could stretch it out to 78. Yeah, they could. Really? They could, but I mean, it's at elevation too. Right. right? So, I mean, it's, it's not like, I'm not going to be wearing out a hybrid into par fours by any means. It's, yeah, it's, no, uh, dude. yeah. Deep, and baby. then they'll probably be a par five. They make into a par four or something right. like that. But you know, if they, uh, it, again, it's just a great test of golf and it takes driver out of your hands on certain holes yeah. so they can make, you know, a couple of par fours that aren't quite as long play longer. And, you know, being at elevation, you get anything downwind. I mean, you can really keep it in the air for a long time. Yeah, that's badass. Would so. you rather like for your preference of golf, would you rather have this be like an all out birdie bath, like just going stupid low or more of a, yeah. you know, more of a like harder kind of challenging tournament like with higher scores is there is there a style of golf that you'd prefer yeah i definitely think the higher scores suits my game a little bit better again just because i feel like i'm really good at hitting lots of greens and you know managing my way around a golf course uh the birdie fest i mean putting is it's like the most unpredictable thing right because you hit good putts and they don't necessarily all go in so the birdie bash it's really just you know turns into a putting contest so, and not that I'm not, you know, like, okay with that. It's just that I think like one's a little bit more predictable than the other. So, but Southern Dunes will definitely be an all out birdie bash at uh, stage one. Yeah. Like how for, low, uh, like, I can't remember exactly. Cause it's four rounds, I, right? I, each, each stage. Yeah. It's four rounds. Yeah. And Southern Dunes, you can, you can really make that golf course play easy based on your lines off the tee. You can, if you hit it far enough, there's a couple bunkers you can cover you can have a couple, you know, mid to short irons into par fives. Um, so that's kind of like, I wouldn't say a turnoff to me, but it's, it's, it, 
it, I just feel like it doesn't necessarily determine who's like hit their, you know, hit their long irons the best that week, who chipped the best that week. Whereas I feel like, you know, I kind of would much rather it be that way than the birdie bash. Right. The birdie Again. bash. So, yeah. yeah. The Dude, birdie the bash, bird... it's fun and it's a blast and I, I can keep up. It's just more of the fact that like, I like my odds better when I'm thinking my hardest. Right. So, yeah. And it sounds yeah. like based on what you're saying, it's just going to be a good test of golf, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's long, yeah, it's, it's challenging really off the tee. It suits your game, yeah. dude, is what we say. So. Yeah. And there's a little yeah. bit of local knowledge to, to, uh, that golf course as well. Um, with some breaks on the greens and, and, uh, I, I, you know, like I said, it's just stuff that I've always, I found out over the years, which, you know, I'm excited to put it into a tournament. Yeah, for sure, man. All right. Yeah. So when is that? I mean, that's coming up. That's next week. 17th through the 20th. 17th through the 20th. So that's, yep. that's coming up, dude. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. I am yeah. so excited. So the Tuesday through to Friday, man. That's all right. Yeah. Is, is JD coming out with you or? No, JD is actually doing, he has his first stage at, uh, at, uh, Southern Dunes as well. So he's going to, he's going to go take care of business the week before me. And, and, uh, yeah, we'll hopefully meet up at second stage. Dude, that's badass. Yeah. Yeah. Get yeah, through to second super, stage. I'm, I'm, yeah, exactly. With the with the code in the field too, that'd be that'd be that'd be entertaining to say the least. Yeah, for sure. All so, right, well, dude, what else do you want to talk about? I mean, we had your birthday come up as well, right? So you just yeah. turned thirty. So happy birthday 30, as well, 30, man. Yeah, so this sir, is just a good you. year. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Trying to get at it's like this is a beautiful fucking string of events right here we got going on. Yeah, so. and it, you know, it's been uh, it's been a roll you know a roller coaster of a year playing, but you know, everything in the the home life has been pretty consistent, which has made you know, getting out of like a little rut that I was in earlier this year, a lot easier. And, you know, that's, that definitely all ties into playing good golf is making sure everything's good at home. Everything's good with you. Everything's good with your game. All that stuff all ties in together. So, yeah, I can't agree more. I feel like in order to play good golf, like you have to be super balanced, right? Like in all aspects, you can't just. For sure. Because I mean, you know, it's like, it's, it's, you're out there for four and a half, five hours, sometimes even more than that. So during that course of time, you're you're not going to be thinking about golf. It's impossible to think about golf for that much. So you're going to have thoughts creep into your head. And, you know, hopefully it's not, you know, something negative, like something bad that happened at home or something you're struggling with or, you know, so I, I really do believe that when you're when everything's good outside of golf is when you're playing your best golf. Yeah, 100 percent, dude. So did you you played Sherwood? I saw on your Instagram. Yeah, that place is so sweet. Dude, how My, uh, wife and I, is Sherwood? I've just heard about it. Like the Gretzky's are out there. You hear about like, cause it's in like thousand Oaks, right? It's like 500,000 yeah, uh, to join. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so cool though. I mean, it, you literally feel like you're in like the enchanted or whatever the forest Robin Hood or the Sherwood forest that Robin Hood was in because there's so many trees and then they have greens that are like tucked in these nooks and it's so well manicured. It's, it was awesome. My wife and I were out there for uh, a meditation retreat actually which was, uh, which is pretty fun. Um, I learned a lot from that and definitely wouldn't say it was like a hundred percent my speed, but you know, I definitely got some stuff that I can apply to golf and I did a little bit of it this week and Dude, so meditation works, man. Yeah, I, it really does. I mean, so what, I did, what does. did you, what did you guys do? Were you just like in a, in a little, in like a circle, like how long was this meditation camp going and how do you like apply it? To it golf? was a four day deal. And, um, a lot of it was, lots of quiet time, lots of time to yourself thinking about things and just kind of teaching you like how you can use meditation to 
you know, make your life better, make you feel better about yourself. And it was, there was a lot of people who like, you know, had some like life-changing events while we were there, which is, you know, awesome for them. Um, you know, we don't know, they don't go into particulars that much, but they just tell, you know, how, like what in their life has changed and, you know, stuff like that. So it was interesting to hear some of these stories and how this can make their life better. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking about like how, how, you know, I'm here, so I might as well get something out of this. How can I apply it to golf and how can I be a better husband, better golfer, all that type of stuff. So, well, dude, you shared that thing of Victor Hovland with me, you know, on Instagram. And it was like him saying pretty much the same thing you said. It's like, you have to just be okay mentally to play golf. Yeah. You know what I mean? You do. And you have to be out, you have to be okay with the outcome. And, you know, I think whether it's good or bad, and I think that's something that, you know, just the meditation side can, you can apply some of the meditation stuff to that. And just knowing that like, you know, there's more to you than the shot you just hit. And there's more to life than, than golf itself. And I do think, you know, while I take this very seriously, and this is, you know, a massive part of my life, I like to think that I have other things going for me other than that. And I think that's important because you never want to go home and identify yourself. I talked to Taylor about that is like, cause you know, obviously we're not same, you know, I mean, you're fucking an amazing player. Like I played a lot of golf too. And you know, when I derive my self worth, looks good, by the way, dude, the I'm grinding, good. dude. I'm trying dude, to grind on the range. Good. Yeah. No, man, I'm trying to, I'm working on my lower body, but you know, it's important. Yeah. I'm trying to just get down to scratch. That's kind of my goal. But basically what I was trying to say is like, if you derive everything about like your self-worth from golf, it can kind of get crazy. And that's what I think oh, you dude. can spiral out. So to be able to take a step back with 100%. like meditation or, or anything else hmm. of like having balance just seems like super important. You know what I mean? Yeah. Having the disconnect from golf, I think is really, really important. And that's something I definitely didn't have in high school, college, uh, even early as a pro, I didn't necessarily have like, you know, a way of like coping with bad golf. Yeah. Other than just talking like bad about yourself or whatever, like thinking yeah, bad yeah, about it. Yeah, you go, oh my gosh, I was Dude. so negative. I mean, just thinking back of all the time I, time I have wasted over the years being negative uh, and just like identifying myself by my golf score, it was just, just like almost embarrassing a little bit. But, you know, you live and you learn and I'm here because of it. No, I've definitely done that too, man. And it just is like... I don't know. I think the mental side is just so, so, so important, you know, like obviously physical is important, but you know, like what's going to get you to the next level? Like you can hit every shot, you know, your ball speeds X, Y, Z, you know what I mean? Your short game's sick. You can make putts from anywhere. You can drop bombs, but like, what's that probably next thing? You know, a lot of it, not saying for you, but I feel like a lot of it could be mental for just anyone, like any golfer at any level trying to get to that next level, you know, any athlete in general too. I mean, it, like, you know, I share all the Kobe stuff all the time and, um, you know, just seeing how they're like, even guys I play with for example, right. Guys get upset. And, you know, it's also some, I like, I see a lot of myself and, you know, my previous self in them. And I'm just thinking of like, wow, I'm like, and I'm so thankful that, you know, I learned what the difference is between, having a good attitude versus having a bad attitude. And there's times where I was like, Oh, my attitude's fine. You know, I'm, I, you know, I'm not throwing clubs. I'm not yelling or anything like that, but the stuff that's going on in my head is like, just I'm frazzled. I'm way on tilt. And then <laughs> like you know, gnarly. It took me, Oh yeah. Like yeah. I'm saying this stuff and you know, I look like a robot out there and nothing's bothering me, but like really inside I'm like ripping myself to shreds. So, you know, just taking a step back and, you know, noticing that and saying like, 
can I honestly say that I'm not thinking about the shot I just hit when I'm standing over this next shot? No, I can't. So obviously this is a problem and I need to address this. And I'm so happy that I did because, you know, it's, it's, it feels like way more enjoyable out there to be, you know, number one. And number two, like, I feel like I am so prepared for any sort of obstacle that I may encounter out on the golf course that, you know, like, I feel like I have a leg up and, you know, that's, that's, that's a good feeling. Dude, do you think that's just like maturity as a player and as a person? Because, you know, I feel like as a young person, you don't necessarily see golf as this, maybe you just have a different perspective. Like you've lived all this life, you've gotten to travel, you've gotten to do these things. Obviously, you know, wife, Beyonce, like you're just a different kind of person. You're like, like how, how has your game changed and how it has evolved to where it, like from when you first started to, to where it is now? I mean, that's obviously like a big question, but I think it's important to think about for like a young golfer, you know, who's starting out or maybe he's playing like at a high level, like all of this changes over time, your perception changes. And I feel like over time you get become a better player because you're so, you become more wise, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it's just like sort of the same thing about life, right? Like you've, you don't like, when you're 15 years old, you haven't had like so many life experiences, right? So now like the most recent one affects you longer. Whereas now at 30 years old, I've had good golf, I've had bad golf and, you know, I've had everything in between and it doesn't affect, definitely doesn't affect me the same way it did. And I feel like a lot of that is just because of all the other experiences I've had in life. It doesn't really seem like it's that big of a deal anymore. So I definitely think there's a maturity aspect to it, but I also think that every junior golfer and even like, you know, college golfer needs to really work on the mental game if they do have any aspirations to become a professional golfer, because I feel like all the young guys that are out there on uh, the PJ tour, like, you know, Victor Hovland and, you know, the list goes on and on. Will Zalatoris, they're all really good players, obviously, and they're tremendously talented, but they have mental games. Every single one of those guys has a sharp mental game. And, you know, I think that definitely separates some of the guys that have to go do mini tour stuff and even corn fairy canada all that i mean it's just you have to have all facets on your game if you're going to be on corn fairy and and pga tour and and be successful at them yeah what do you think makes up a good mental game like what does that mean you know for someone at at your level but even at my level too like i mean i'm sure there's some like intricacies and some blend there but like when Mm -hmm. you think about a mental game is it pre-shot routine is it like acceptance and then being able to sort of wash away the the good or the bad yeah. and move on or like what is it in your mind makes someone strong because you look at victor you look, i mean they're they're young yeah. right victor's like 23 yeah. 24 years old yeah. i mean that's just like another he's just mature right to be able to mm-hmm. do whatever he's, he's done i'm not saying yeah i'm not no. or you're not but i'm just saying no like, no 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 yeah it's just i think different, i think right? the biggest thing on you know to have a strong mental game is you're extremely honest with yourself and that is going to help you out so much because you're going to be able to look at everything and be brutally honest, even though it might hurt. You know, I used to tell myself, like, for example, oh, did, you know, when I'm thinking about a putting round or something like that, um, you know, I think about like, oh, I made, you know, a 40 footer and I didn't have any three putts. I put you know, I put pretty solid today, but then, you know, you actually go out there and look and like, oh, I missed a bunch of eight footers, you know, a bunch of six footers you know, all that stuff. And you're like, man, maybe I really didn't putt as well. It's just a highlight that's staying in my head. You know, being able to look at that and apply that to your practice is huge. And then obviously forgetting about the past and is another really important thing, which is something I think a lot of younger golfers or new golfers struggle is they just can't get over what happened in the past. 
So being able to do that and then also finding ways to motivate yourself is also really, really key. Yeah. <laughs> it is for me at least. Dude, the past thing before we get on to motivation is is tough. Because it's like mm -hmm. easy to just let it boil over and like impact yeah. that next shot. It's so easy to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do it all the time. Yeah. I, I heard a quote uh, about Lee Jansen and he was talking, uh, he was playing golf with some some members at some club and uh, Lee was just sitting there just shaking his head. And um, he was like, they said, what's, what's wrong, Lee? What's, what's going on? He's like, I don't understand how you guys do this. And he's like, they're like, what are you talking about? He goes, Every time you hit a good shot, you act like you do it all the time. And when you hit a bad shot, you get pissed off. And when you actually think about it, it's like, celebrate the good shots, man. You know, you don't, they're not like, you don't stuff it all the time. So, you know, why are we not like celebrating our good shots and we're punishing ourselves for our bad shots? Because the bad ones happen significantly more often. So over the course of four hours, you have beaten yourself up and, you know, you have almost no confidence, but, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. The mental side of it is... There's no definitive answer, um, but it is so important. And dude, I'm gonna clip to this right like now in one of those yeah. reels. Sorry to keep, keep yeah. going. Yeah, no, it's gonna be good. a sick you're reel, good. dude. It's gonna be a sick yeah. reel. All right. Yeah, and uh, right. Another thing I actually saw uh, right before first stage yeah. or uh, pre-qualifying stage, uh, I was getting ready to get on the plane, and I was just scrolling on Instagram, waiting to take off, and I saw um, Matt Thurman's post uh, about Preston Summer Hayes. After he had won uh, the Sahali players, which is a pretty big college tournament, yeah. um, he was talking about like how he's forward focused and he celebrates his good shots and learns from his bad shots. And, you know, Preston's obviously an incredible golfer. He's a super nice kid. And, uh, you know, just like I, you know, I something I would have never have done two years ago was take that post to heart and like see how I can apply that to myself and see how good Preston is playing. You know, how can I apply something? to my game that somebody younger than me is doing and having success. So I think that's also something important is, you know, try to find, you know, something that you can apply to make yourself better through anything, whether it's, you know, your wife, your, you know, a golfer you play golf against, or, you right. know, something like that, just anything can make you better. And, you know, anything can make something click. And that definitely resonated with me hearing that because I've been pretty notorious about not celebrating good shots, you know, just kind of, yeah. you know, trying to be even keel the whole entire time, not getting too high, not getting too low. Um, but definitely I was like a little bit more pumped up when I hit a good shot at Q yeah. school. And then well, that dude, sort of you carried must have on been into pumped Asher. Up yeah. at, at the Asher tour event, dude. Yeah. I mean, I was just like, adrenaline I running dude, freaking 13 under 18. Like, were you yeah. just running around or what, dude? It wasn't, it, it was, it was weird. I've never been like an outward celebration guy. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely like, felt myself like saying, let's go, dude. Great shot. You know, yeah. like let's keep this going one at a time, you know, just all there was like the positive self-talk was completely different when I, after I'd seen that post, because, you know, that's something that was again, brought to my attention that I don't do, you know, and yeah. how can I apply that? So, you know, it, it's at the Astro tour event, it was definitely like, I was definitely pumped up the whole entire time and adrenaline was pumping and was hitting some shots pretty far. And, you know, it was, it was fun. Yeah. But, you know, you always also got to have a way to reel yourself back in because you don't necessarily want to play with adrenaline, you yeah. know, for the entire day. And, yeah. you know, it's OK every once in a while when dude. you can recognize it. Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. But when you can recognize it and you have ways to bring yourself back down to center, yeah. which is something I've worked on, uh, it's, you know, it's definitely a fun feeling to get when you're out there because you definitely feel like you're, you know, pretty tough to beat at that yeah. point. Dude, why do you so what would Preston do? Uh, to bring himself back or to celebrate what do you i don't know i don't know what he, or what he just 
I think like, he's he I mean I've seen clips of him um like when he qualified for uh US Open this year. I think he shot uh 63 uh which was the course record to get in by like on like by a shot I think. And he just let out this massive fist pump and you know. So again, I mean I don't I don't necessarily know what he's got going on mentally and what he does to bring himself back or you know like what's going through his head when he's celebrating, but it was just something just like a quote that I thought of and thought I could apply to myself and you know it's been it's definitely been working and the forward focus stuff that's just always you know I've heard that from my dad since I was a kid but you know it's just sometimes it it resonates at different times than others yeah for sure no I'm just trying to think yeah. like you know celebrating is it's just like what did Ben Hogan say you hits like he hits like two good shots around you know what I mean yeah Jack like, said that or Jack excuse me so I'll, I'll yeah. let that out so why aren't we <laughs> Like, why no, aren't we good. celebrating the good stuff? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Seriously, if it's just, I mean. So, so so we look cool or something on the course? I mean, I don't know. I'm just about playing yeah. better golf is really what it is, dude. Like, yeah. I, I play but with I mean, a lab also, putter. Everyone's like, what is that? What do you do? Dude, the, I, I played with a guy who's putting with the lab. Uh, so I had such a fun time playing with this guy, AJ. Uh, um, he's from Colorado. And we were feeding off each other the last day. It was a lot of fun. Uh, just making birdies back and forth. And he was using a a broomstick lab and my God, could he putt with that thing? He was rolling the dots off it. Was so it I, the Mez or again, do you know which one it yeah, was? It was like the kind the of like Batman the looking Odyssey one? looking. Yeah, exactly. It kind of looks like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. Dude, I have that one. You're, Sam Hahn, the CEO has actually been on this podcast, dude. No way. Yeah. Sam oh, Hahn's been on. Yeah. I'm trying to get yeah, the, I uh, rolled the putter a couple of times and uh, uh, Pat Perez loves his. I see him at Silverleaf and he rolls the dots off that thing as well. So, I mean, yeah. I'm all for whatever makes more putts. Yeah. No, dude, Sam has been on the pod. The COO has been on the pod, the chief uh, operations. I'm trying to get on the the guy who actually founded the, uh, you know, the directed force, the the really kind of mm -hmm. like ugly one. Yeah. I'm trying to get in. Yeah. The on one looks one. like a mushroom a little bit. Yeah. People. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's kind of gnarly, yeah. but it's, uh, it's cool, man. Yeah, I'm a again, big fan of like of lab in general. So I'd putt with a lamp if it made me make more putts. It, uh, you know, I'm. <laughs> So shameless on that. Just whatever yeah. gets the whatever gets the job done. Yeah, for sure. All right, dude. Going back in the meditation though, like big mm -hmm. takeaways from that. I mean, is that something that you're going to take into like the rest of your career? This retreat. I, I definitely don't see why not. I mean, it was uh, it was uh, something I didn't necessarily like go into with like the best attitude. But once I got there, I was you know like like again i said i was like well i wasn't i was just like you know i just didn't necessarily know i like i kind of wanted to stay home and practice and you know i felt like i was playing good and just wanted to just kind of focus on golf but it was great to like leave golf alone and not play golf for a couple of days and and focus on something that has something to do with golf but it also has something to do with you know everyday life um but yeah i definitely think i'm gonna keep you know continuing the meditation stuff and you know, it's just like also the deep breathing stuff was really one of the big takeaways. And, you know, anytime you get nervous, there's a way to like, I genuinely feel like there's a way I cannot, I can get less nervous. Um, and, you know, I don't, I definitely don't see myself not doing it anytime yeah. soon for sure. It's just like, so. you know, breeze or breath, excuse me, through the nose and out the mouth or, or what? Yeah. Uh, one of the, one of the big uh, things that they would harp on is like uh, controlling your breath. Right. Because if you can control your breath, you know, you're, you have like control over your body. So you, we would take a deep breath in for three seconds and then exhale six seconds, take one in for four seconds and then exhale for eight at 
eight seconds and then five to 10 was the last one. And, you know, at first you start off and you're not great at it because you're like, I don't necessarily have a feel for what 10 sec, a 10 second exhale feels like. And then you start thinking about your breath. And then before long, you like, you're not thinking about anything other than that. And that's Mm -hmm. like something that I, I drew a parallel to that with like the stuff I'm working on in my pre-shot routine where I'm like getting my number, I'm analyzing my lie. You know, I'm really super hyper-focused on this part of golf that I have had no negative thoughts go in my head for the last 25 seconds. And, you know, I'm standing over the ball. I know exactly what I'm doing and I'm ready to hit the shot. So, you know, I, the minute that clicked, it like, I was excited to hear what else I could apply to the meditation. And I know it sounds like, you know, sort of, sort of strange. And it, it sounds like it the same shouldn't way to be me, strange but, though. Cause yeah. it's like, this is the one thing you have to like, I don't mm-hmm. know, calm yourself down truthfully, yeah, right? Yourself. And like, there's also an incredible feeling of like self, like satisfaction and self-worth when you're able to really, you know, talk yourself out off the ledge, you know? I mean, I feel like that's definitely something that everybody should be proud of themselves. Like talk yourself out of a bad decision on the golf course, you know, get unnervous before you have to hit a shot and everything just feels really just tranquil for lack of a better word. It just, you feel calm and, uh, it's like flow state, like constantly almost. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, dude, freaking yeah. Bob Rotella, Dr. Joe parent, like all these guys mm-hmm. have made an, you know, a living basically off of taking, you know, meditation, whatever, yeah. and bringing it in the world, of, but it works. I mean, tiger, I'm pretty it sure does. tiger's mom was like a Buddhist and like made yeah. him practice. Like, I'm sure yeah. that's part of like his mental. Yeah, it's, I mean, the reason Tiger's Tiger is because of his mental game too. People talk about him being competitive. 100%. Like a big part of that is being able to relax, Kobe too. right? I mean, Kobe, yeah, dude, exactly. your boy Kobe, yeah. Joe Rogan, probably too, Obviously. dude. I don't know. Oh, for sure. Dude, you know Rogan's, Rogan's in the cold plunge and he's meditating. Yeah, bro. he's a hundred percent. He's probably doing that right now. It's what eight o'clock in Texas right now. He's probably yeah. in the cold plunge with a cigar. All he's right. enjoying his night. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, obviously, like, I think that's one of the things that separates, you know, great athletes from good athletes is like how well they can control their emotions, how well they can control their thoughts. And then obviously, you know, how hard they work mm-hmm. and you, know, you sprinkle in some natural ability and then you're a little luck. Here. You, know, you have, yeah, a little luck here, a little luck there. Yeah. I mean, it's, but yeah, Tiger for sure. I mean, his, he's so good at the mental stuff and it's, it's super envious, but it's also like something that I've, since I've started paying more attention to it, I'm like, you know, excited to keep practicing it and keep improving on that side. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's kind of working hand in hand with my golf stuff improving and, you know, it's, it's, everybody needs to be working on it. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just kind of like maybe stigmatized or whatever, but I don't know. I think maybe more people should probably do it, you know, because it's just like going to benefit them, their, their lives and play and benefit their golf. Excuse me. Yeah. I remember, yeah. I remember playing Wyoming Open one year, maybe like 2018, 2019, and it's a, a funky, funky tournament. It's a good tournament, but it's funky. You hit your range balls at a different offsite because they turn the range into a parking lot, essentially, for how many participants they have in the tournament mm-hmm. and uh, all the staff and all that. And uh, you come in, you hit some putts, and then you probably wait like because the first two holes of the golf course are drivable. So, the I mean, you get there. first two holes? Dude, yeah, who's this architect? I would try to get there. Dude, I'm just kidding. I, I, it's just a funky mini tour <laughs> yeah. event, man. But it's it's a good event. Yeah. But uh, the first two holes are drivable, so there's always backups on it. Yeah. And I mean, you, I would try to get there like 10 minutes before and and hope that my weight was under 40 minutes. So you mm-hmm. do some putting and stuff like that. And I remember 
one year I was saw this guy like literally sitting under a tree, like meditating. And I was, you know, with my friends and I was like, like, what is this guy doing? Like, yeah. who does this guy think he is? And then like, now that I'm in this place, I'm like, man, I should have been doing sitting under a tree, meditating and, and getting dialed instead of, you know, talking shit 40 minutes before I go out and hit a tee shot cold, you right. know? So, um, it's funny how you mature and then you grow up and you start looking at things like, uh, how can I get something out of this? How could I get something out of that? And, you know, before long you, you know, you do when everything starts clicking and everything feels pretty good. Yeah. Dude, it's badass. I'm stoked. You know, I'm really excited to see where this kind of goes, right? I mean, you have like a big week coming up. You have a lot of positives to build off of, right? I mean, Asher tour, just playing well, meditating. So dude, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. No, of course. It's used to be on. Talked a lot about mental stuff. Maybe we didn't expect to do that, but it's just where we at, dude. And it's flow state right now in the pod. So Dude, I think you're a stick. I enjoy having you on the pod, but same man. I always enjoy these conversations. Any any other like closing thoughts you want to leave people with about like you know your coming weeks or just something you want to reflect on? Yeah, um, I think you know the biggest thing that I'm excited for this week is the second chance at Corn Ferry Tour Q School. Um, just because of like the the changes I've made in life and and changes I've made you know mentally with golf and just like how much more excited I am having had that experience from last year and knowing all the things I can do differently and apply it to this year. That's, that's really like what I'm most excited for. And obviously the golf stuff is there, but I'm almost more excited for the mental stuff that I can apply. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's really it. I just, I just am so excited to get out there and play and, and compete and, and uh, you know, just, just move up the ladder. Love it, dude. All right. Well, I appreciate you, man. Huge, my man. Thank you so much for having me on and looking forward to looking forward to the next one. Let's do it, dude. You're always welcome, man. You're always welcome. Right, yes. Yeah, anytime you want me, just give me a shout. Mm-hmm.